Hey guys, welcome back to News Thing Telling You. Okay, let's get right into it. I have a lot of quick news. First and foremost, I want to say welcome to our brand new set. We are so excited to have you here. The move is done and out of the way, and we are ready to go. So thank you for being patient with us during that time. Okay, first and foremost, you had to have been living under a rock if you don't know anything about the Meghan Markle, Harry, whatever his last name is. No one knows what the royal family's last name is. Uh, interview with the one and only Oprah. I watched bits and parts of it, talked with my mom in great detail the very next day about it, and have a lot of opinions. I don't need to go into my opinions because we all have opinions on it. It's tragic to say the least. That being said, Oprah Winfrey, whose television show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, which I saw every single episode of in my entire life, um, raked in 17.0 million viewers for this Meghan Markle Harry Styles. The woman has been off of the air for 10 solid years and girlfriend still got it. She was as great as she always is in interviewing her, interviewing people. And I feel like she always gets the rough end of she's not a real journalist or she's she's the best in the game. And I'm so glad that people are reminded of that. So if you haven't seen that interview, it's everywhere. You probably know what happened. But 17 million people in this day and age when everyone's streaming, that's pretty impressive. By the way, the interview took place at Ellen DeGeneres' house because she's neighbors with Oprah Winfrey. So a little tidbit there. Okay, California is reopening. We've got baseball parks, basketball stadiums, Disneyland, Universal Studios. All will be open at limited capacity. Gavin Newsom has finally given in. The numbers are starting to lessen. Vaccines are starting to go out. Side note, this is very interesting to anyone who lives in California Basically, they're reopening and allowing people who volunteer for four or more hours to jump tiers to receive the vaccine. So if you are desperately seeking a vaccine for whatever reason possible and you can't get it and you don't want to wait in line, go and volunteer, do something great, pay it forward, get proof. I'm sure there's some letter or something that they need and you will be able to get a vaccine. So Great, great news. Vaccines overall input. Joe Biden had hoped to do 100 million vaccine in 100 days. He's already at 90.4 and we're not even at the halfway point of 100 days. So very impressive by the Biden administration. Who knew that having a president who knew what he's doing is, is helpful? Um, this is interesting, and I'm sure you guys probably don't know this. The Iowa governor has just signed into law restricting early voting and absentee ballots. We are seeing this happen all across the land. This is a serious problem restricting voting rights. There is a bill that is going to be probably voted on in the next couple of weeks. It's called the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. He actually wrote it himself before he passed away. And it is basically taking away all the guts of the Voting Rights Act that was passed, of course, by Lyndon B. Johnson, signed into law by Lyndon B. Johnson in the 1960s. Um, over the years, the Republicans sorry, but that's the truth, have gutted it and gutted restricting people's access to vote. Because at the end of the day, when people vote, Republicans have a tendency to lose. So Iowa is just another state. Georgia is the big hotspot because obviously they're pretty livid on the fact that they've lost two senator seats. So pay attention to what's going on in voting rights. It affects every single American. If you are over 18 and an American citizen, you should be concerned about what's happening with our Voting Rights Act Period. Doesn't matter what sign. So pay attention to that one. Um, Supreme Court voted eight to one 
in favor of a former student who was barred from speaking about his religion and distributing religious um, literature at his college. Now, this is what's really interesting. The only justice who dissented was Chief Justice Roberts. And not only did he dissent, but it was like a blistering editorial of the dissent. And it's very interesting because he was picked by W. Bush because of his pro-choice, pro-life, excuse me, pro-life standing, and he was a religious man. So this is very interesting that the court went eight to one. Um, this Supreme Court keeps surprising me every single day, but uh, you know I wouldn't count on on any of their votes, good, bad, or different, in terms of the the conservatives because it's just all over the place. But eight to one in favor of a former student. The student came and said that their First Amendment right was um, banned, which basically it was. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop someone as long as you're not hurting someone um, or hate speech, then you're allowed to say what you want to say. There's this amazing line in the movie, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, The American President, written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by Rob Reiner, and it's brilliant, and I've talked about it a lot on the show. But he says on there in his last big speech, he said about democracy is hard and the key to democracy and free speech is that someone across the hall from you can be saying something that you don't believe in any way shape or form but they're allowed to do it because of free speech and that's what this case was about so it's very interesting that roberts dissented this case very interested indeed um and some more positive news clinton and w bush's portraits are back on display in the white house grand foyer they of course were taken away by trump because i guess he didn't like looking at them i have no idea but they are back in full display um gop missouri senator roy blunt will not seek re-election and this is now the fifth gop senator that is not seeking re-election Democrats have zero who are not seeking re-election. So when a senator doesn't seek re-election, it makes it that much harder for the not that much easier for the other side to win. Um, Missouri is not an easy win by any means. And former Senator Claire McCaskill of Missouri came out and said yesterday she will not be running no matter what, no ifs, ands, or buts. So I hope that they get a great candidate in Missouri because that would be a great take. And no one saw this company coming. Roy Blunt, Senator Roy Blunt, is not a guy who's super old. I mean, you still have Grassley, who's literally 86 years old, and he's still contemplating. And he's the guy who falls asleep on the floor very often. So, um, yeah, Roy Blunt is actually a big blunder for Mitch McConnell and sort of that loyalty of the good old boys. Mitch McConnell apparently has been saying has been researching and looking into um, members local members in Kentucky because he's not sure if he's going to finish his full term. I don't know what that's about, but something tells me that his health may not be 100. You guys probably remember it. I covered on the show, I think two months ago, his hands were all black and blue and his mouth and lips were all black and blue. And there was no conversation about what was going on. And also his wife is in some heat, uh, who worked under the Trump administration. She resigned right before the heat really hit the fans. So there's a whole lot going on there. But five GOP senators are not seeking re-election, and I don't think that's random by any means. You have the GOP who is now fighting with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is saying apparently he sent a cease and assist letter to the GOP and said, stop making money off of my name, which is unheard of for a former president to send anything like that. 
They were denying it for a while, but now they are in a full war with him. So the war inside the GOP has fully began. So Democrats, stay in line and just do our thing, and we can win that way. If we get too too caught up in what's going on over there in the circus, we'll become part of the circus. So that's my advice to everyone. Some more positive news. The COVID bill will pass, hopefully today, Wednesday. Um, Pelosi, of course, has the votes. I mean, come on, it's Pelosi. But uh, And then it will go on to be signed by the President of the United States. They're saying that stimulus checks can start to go out as early as this weekend. I believe that is if you have automatic direct deposit for your tax refunds. So every day my dad is calling me and he's saying, what do you know about the COVID bill? Are we getting the $1,400? So it is coming. Help is on the way. It also is a massive bill against poverty. And even Hillary Clinton, who is a massive policy wonk, is saying it's a brilliant bill. And of course, there's pork in it. There's pork in every single bill in the United States Senate and the United States House of Representatives. There's just always pork there. That's how it is. But a majority of this money is actually going to make a difference. There's a lot. There's a couple of infrastructure projects in there. There's um, the $1,400. There's the child tax credit. So if you have children, you can potentially get up to like $8,000, which is so helpful right now during this tough time. So, and also it could potentially cut child poverty in half, in half, you guys. Um, this is interesting. There's been a lot, a lot of talk about filibustering, getting rid of the filibuster, not getting rid of the filibuster. Amy Kobachar, Senator Kobachar, who is very bipartisan, has come out and said, if we have to get rid of the filibuster to make this the Voting Rights Act pass, that's what we'll do. There's a lot of controversy around it. I go back and forth on how I personally feel about it. I've done a couple of segments here on the show about it, but President Biden has come out and said that he is not embracing filibuster reform. So he technically is the head of the party. So if he's not down with it, uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. And I think we have to become really clever on trying to get things passed because it will be hard. Of course, it will be hard. Um, The big issue with getting rid of the filibuster is that then, therefore, Republicans can do the same thing when we lose control. And that's really scary. Then the minority has no say whatsoever. I know the filibuster is dated and I know that it, a lot of people like to say that it's, you know, constitutional. It's not, it's not in the constitution. They wrote it many years later. (laughs) So it's controversy, but Biden is saying he is not embracing filibuster reform. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that he got Senator Manchin to come in on the COVID bill and they made some sort of deal, which is politics 101. I don't know what it is because Senator Manchin has said, I am not going to vote to get rid of the filibuster. So we can have these conversations as much as we want, but without Senator Manchin or Senator Sinema, this won't happen. And I don't see this is going to happen. So that's where we are with that. This is kind of cool. A former NASA astronaut. Is there any other kind of astronaut besides NASA, though, I don't, I don't know if there is, but um, is considering running for Senate in North Carolina. Her name is Joan, and if I say her name wrong, I'm really sorry, Higginbotham. Um, and she is deeply considering, she has no public service per se, except for being, I don't know, an astronaut. Um, so that will be kind of cool. That North Carolina race, you're not going against, you know, it's a, we could flip it. I believe that we could flip North Carolina, but it's going to be tough work. And I mean, wouldn't that be cool if we had two former astronauts in the Senate? Like, that's cool. Um, Because, of course, uh, Arizona's senator is a former astronaut. 
Um, Hillary Clinton has called for a spotlight should be put on women issues post COVID because she has seen, or not she, but everyone has seen a rise in, um, unemployment, a rise in poverty, a rise in all of those things solely with women. Women have been hit a little bit harder than men. And also they have seen a rise in child brides. They've seen a rise in sex trafficking. They've seen a rise all while this COVID craziness is going on. So she says, we need to get back in, in the driver's seats and go back to fighting women's rights. She did a, a like a fundraiser with Pelosi and um, John Legend's wife. I can't think what her name is. Christy Teigen. And the poet laureate, teenager that everyone, Amanda, I can't think what her last name is. That's horrible, but I can see her and she's brilliant. But um, they did like a fundraiser, Zoom thing the other day. And she said that, she feels like the women's movement, the modern day women's movement was gaining traction and we were getting things done and then COVID hit and we sort of hit a wall and she says we can't get distracted and we have to get back to focusing on women because of course, when the children are at home, this is something simple, you know, not going to daycare, not going, it's the mom who usually is the one that all of the weight is on. So even little things like that, she says we need to get back on track. So I agree with her wholeheartedly. I am very, very excited about this next one. Um, the Violence Against Women's Act, which we talk about in great deal here because it has been expired since 2019, will go to the House next week for a vote and hopefully go to the Senate and pass the Senate. Um, the issue, the big issue with the Violence Against Women Act, which always has been reinstated, no problem, was that in 2018 they changed wording because in the Violence Against Women's Act, if your husband is caught for domestic violence, then he can no longer own a gun for the rest of his life, which I agree with. Um, but they wanted to add, the, there was a boyfriend loophole. If he's just your boyfriend, then he can still have a gun if he's charged with the domestic violence. Well, Senator Kolbachar, Senator Feinstein, and a couple of other senators said, no, 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 a boyfriend should not be allowed to have a gun either. The gun right activists like Marsha Blackburn and all of those good old girls from the South said, no, 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 they, they should be allowed to have a gun. It doesn't really make sense to me that if a husband's not allowed to have a gun, but the boyfriend's, uh, I don't understand. I mean, both of them have beat a woman. So there you go. So I pray that we're able to get the votes on this. Hopefully we can get Susan Collins, Senator Collins, um, Senator Rakowski. She might even become more of an ally because Donald Trump was just in Alaska. Um... <laughs> of, uh, trying to challenge someone to primary her in Alaska. So yeah, she's she's got a lot on her hands. So hopefully we can get the votes and the Violence Against Women's Act can be reinstated. That actually is Joe Biden's baby. Um, him and Feinstein worked deeply nonstop on getting that done. And that would be great to get it reinstated um, because a lot of these nonprofits for women don't have the funding and the needs. And because of COVID, the numbers have skyrocketed on domestic abuse for obvious reasons. Um, President Biden is going to allow more Venezuelan people temporary legal status simply because Venezuela is a hot mess right now um, under the regime that it's currently under. It's it's basically a dictatorship and these people are fleeing here and he's going to give them temporary legal status. I think right now they already were allowing about 300,000 Venezuelans. So I'm not sure what his stop number will be, but it is a hot mess. Um, six more accusers have come forward against rapper T.I. and Tiny, his wife, 11 total. 
Um, this story is really interesting because it's not getting much traction, and I don't know why, because there's 11 women, sort of like an R. Kelly kind of situation, where basically Tiny, his wife, um, would recruit younger girls and drug them, and then they would, you know, rape them and all of these horrific things, and then sort of threaten them with their power, and it's really not getting much traction and it's it's very disappointing because this is a whole this is this is how like someone like Jeffrey Epstein gets away with things for as long as he gets away with things. I mean, I just watched a documentary on Netflix finally. I pulled myself together and I was like, "Okay, it's time to watch it." And it's crazy because how many other Jeffrey Epsteins are out there and they just get away with it because they have power and money. So TI and Tiny, 11 total women have come forward and said they were drugged and raped and dropped on the side of the road basically. So that's horrific. Um, Major Biden, as in the dog of the Bidens, um, reportedly bit someone last week and is currently got sent away to Delaware with his brother, uh, Champ. And um, there's been conflicting stories on what exactly happened. And keep in note that anytime Dr. Biden is not at the White House, the dogs apparently get shipped back to Delaware which I think, like, that dog's really old. Should it be going back and forth so much? But, like, what do I know? Um, so I don't know what's going to happen, but maybe they should call, like, Caesar Milan to fix Major so we can get the dogs in the White House because I don't want to be without dogs in the White House. So I don't know what happened, but obviously if he is fighting someone, you can't have that at the White House. That's a big no-no because these dogs usually get to run, like Bo and Sonny used to be able to run free. So... There's that. Hopefully we'll be seeing them back soon. But uh, it's funny how everyone covered it like it was this <laughs> major news story. Um, President Biden will also do a primetime address on the one-year anniversary of COVID in America on Thursday. Um, so that hopefully will give us some hope because we start to see the light at the end of tunnel of all of this COVID. Um, there, this is an interesting little thing here. The house prices in America are soaring through the roof. And a lot of policymakers are deeply worried because they are saying it's deja vu of 2007. Um, I remember in 2007, the prices were astronomical for, for homes in Los Angeles. I mean, like a house that should be a million dollars, which is still a lot of money, but a million dollars were going for like three to five. And because of the financial industry, they were approving people for loans who couldn't afford these houses. And then when the economy dipped and they couldn't afford, you know, their $100,000 mortgage payment, I'm being dramatic, but, you know, ridiculous mortgage payment, they lost their home. And we had all these empty homes with foreclosures and they're seeing the same thing happen again. And it starts because when you do tax cuts to the rich and it doesn't trickle down the way that they have been saying since the Reagan era, um, this is what happens. And so we potentially could be heading into a Great Recession 2.0, and that would be devastating considering that we have COVID economy on top of all that. So luckily, we have a really, really smart Secretary of Treasury, so I would listen to every word she has to say. Um, the House margin will tighten if uh, Congresswoman Fudge and Congresswoman Halan are confirmed this week, which they're saying they potentially could be confirmed this week. Of course, Congresswoman Fudge is from Ohio. Um, Ohio has any date that they can call for a special election, so that seat can be empty for pretty much as long as they want. Um, Fudge won her re-election 80 to 18 in 2020, so I'm not as worried about that seat. Um, but without those two votes, without the special election, which Republican 
controlled Ohio could do without even fudge vote. Pelosi is looking at a very, very, very slim margin. I mean, no, no errors can happen whatsoever. No, like no votes or, you know, missing votes or any of that can happen. So Halan is obviously from New Mexico. Um, she won her last reelection 58 to 41. So that's a little, little bit of a tough journey. Um, and her New Mexico must have a special election no more than 91 days after she leaves office. So at least there we can, you know, rest assured, but the fudge, they can literally wait until, you know, the 2022 midterms to fill that seat on purpose because they want an empty seat for Pelosi to not have a seat because we would win that seat. I would like to say pretty consistently. And last but not least here, um, Sanders supporters have officially taken over the Nevada Democratic Party. They've won enough seats in the, the what they used to call it the the Reed machine. Her, Senator Harry Reed had built this really tight machine in Nevada. They were the most successful Democratic um, state in terms of how much money they were able to compose. Well, now Sanders people have taken over. And because of that, some top staffers have resigned and said, we're out of here. Um, I just want to say this. Nevada is not a Bernie Sanders state, and this is what I mean. And I mean the voters are not. Nevada is a very tight, tight state. It's a true swing state. And, you know, they have two uh, Democrat senators who won in very slim margins, both of them, Senator Rosen and Senator um, Mastro Cortez. And Mastro Cortez is up for re-election, and she won her last re-election, or she won her first election, excuse me, by like five points. So these people are not progressive people in Nevada. So these people representing the Democratic Party means that they decide where the money is going to be spent, what kind of candidates are going to be in Nevada. You've got a lot of blue collar people in Nevada. You have a lot of people who are more conservative leaning. Um, you know, you have a lot of Latinos. The Latino men tend to go towards a Republican type of thinking. So this could be bad news for the Democrats. Um, how quickly they've gone from the Harry Reid era to the Sanders era is, is shocking. But I have one story that I want to get into a little bit deeper. So let's get into that. Okay, so what I wanted to get into a little bit today is the border issue, the border issue with migrant children. Um, there's a lot of conflicting stories going on about what's really happening at the border in terms of children, um, how many camps or, or whatever they want to call it, is Biden reopening, all of that. So I will say this, that the consensus is pretty clear that Biden ha President Biden has a migrant child issue at the border. We he reopened a camp in Texas about a month ago, got about a lot of backlash. And the reason he reopened is because there are thousands of children coming across the border. Um, we're seeing a massive surge from Guatemala, not necessarily Mexico, but Guatemala. Um, people always kind of like think that when we talk about these migrant situations, that they're always just from Mexico, Mexico. No, no there's a lot of third world type of countries in Central America that are that are you know, basically um, run by drug cartels. So Guatemala right now has a massive surge. Now, this always happens when there's a new president, Central America. I don't know if they have like a meeting <laughs> or they, you know, they start, send, people start coming when there's a new president to really kind of test the new president to see how he or she at some point um, is going to respond. So they knew that something would happen, but this is pretty massive what is happening with especially undocumented children who are by themselves, who are solo. Um, so just a little backstory. 
The massive rise with migrant children started actually in 2014 under then, of course, uh, President Obama. President Obama, a lot of people don't want to talk about this, but he opened one of he opened the very first one of these migrant children camps um, in 2014 because they were seeing thousands of children who were coming alone and they didn't know what to do with them. So he opened a center in an Arizona warehouse and there have been photos of the kids behind the chain link fence just like looking like Trump's situation. And a lot of people were saying that wasn't Obama. It was because he had to open something because it was just a mess and we'd never seen anything like this of specifically children coming over. So they're guesstimating that 200 children every single day are crossing the border each day. Thousands are being held in these centers. They're almost at full capacity. So he may have to open another camp or center or whatever you want to call it. Now, to me, it's I, I think it's an, a situation of we need to look at these countries and we need to say they are third world countries. Mexico, to me, is a third world country with resorts. When you go to Mexico now, you go to Cancun, which is a lot of Americans go to Cancun for vacation. You go to these resorts now and they have a huge wall around them because things are so dangerous because there is no government in Mexico. Um, they are run by the drug cartel, as is a, most of Central American countries. And what they do is they take these children and they promise the parents if they go to America, they can work off their debt doing this, this and this. And they'll be able to stay in America and I can get them across the border, which is why we're seeing all of these children crossing the border. The drug cartel is sending them. They, they bring them here solely for, obviously, drug to be drug mules and sex trafficking. So these children are exploited from the very beginning. Now, personally, if I was a woman in Mexico and I had a young child and I was looking around at my country and what's it's turned into and with no hope of my country turning around... I would say, you know what, I'm going to take that chance to get my child to America. And it's a lot easier for my child to be approved and to be able to stay in America if they ride solo than if they ride with me. And a lot of people can't understand that, and that's fine. But me personally, I get it. I completely, completely get it. Now, this issue with children and drug cartel, it will not end until there are true governments in Mexico, in Guatemala, in parts of Central America, it won't end. The amount of drugs that come into our country from Central America alone is astronomical. And part of me thinks, does our United States government really want that drug supply to be shut off? Because they want people living a certain way and addicted to drugs and, you know, uneducated and unaware of what's going on around them. And makes it easier, and it's easier to lock them up, isn't it, if they have drugs in their system? So there's that, and there's also the issue, like I have said before, of do does do they really want to get rid of that cheap labor that comes across, including children, by the way? And the exploitation that happens with all of this is, is crazy, because I think, I've said this before, where I think it's a really simple fix. We go into countries all the time, and we take out their government. I'm sorry, but we do. And the Navy SEALs go in, they take them out, and we're done. And all of a sudden, magically, they have a new government. Why don't we do that with, as long as Mexico and Guatemala especially have no government and are ran by thugs, this will happen. They, we will see constant, constant coming into the country because, of course, if they have no chance and they have no way of just, 
living in Mexico or living in Guatemala without fear of what's going to happen, they're going to keep coming. So you have to really ask yourself, why aren't we saying, you know what, let's help Mexico, let's help Guatemala, Guatemala, because at the end of the day, it's beneficial to our country. So, you know, like I, I have said this before, most of the people who come here, especially obviously the adults, they don't necessarily want to become citizens. They just want a job and they want an opportunity to get away from the drug cartel ran, you know, mafia in Mexico and Guatemala. That's all they want. So why can't it be that simple is just, you know, is just what I say. You know, over 100,000 migrants have currently reached the U.S.-Mexico border in the last four weeks. So this will continue to happen when you look at the graph from 2014 when the migrant children, you know, flex really started to where we are now. It's been the same, consistent. So why, I don't understand why everyone's sort of looking around like, what are we going to do? How are we going to... I don't understand. It's very simple what we have to do. We got to take these drug cartel families out. I mean, you obviously can't take it all out just like you can't take out all the drug dealers here in America and you can't take out. However, we can get it a good college try because, again, someone's got to explain to me why we're able to go into other countries and take out their leaders and like Saddam Hussein and a new government's magically formed. So... uh, Mexico and Guatemala and Central America, they have no hope. And when they have no hope, that's when they're going to try to come to America. And I don't blame them one iota. But these children is, is really the issue here. We need to have a real conversation on why these children are being brought here solo and what is happening and what, what are we going to do. Because, you know, a lot of people are saying the camps are horrible and they are horrible. However, they're better under the Biden administration. But also, you want them in the foster care system? We have a million and a half children in our foster care system right now, and and most Americans don't give two craps about them. They go from foster care to foster care to foster care, and then they age out of the system at 18 or 21 in some states and have nothing and no one. So, you know, yeah, we have a problem, but I don't know what the answer is except for helping Mexico, Guatemala, Central America get, get their shits together. And it's an investment for America, but I don't really know if that's what they want to do, but that seems like a simple... Simple thing to me. So these are a few of my favorite things. I would sing sing the song, but uh, we would have to pay for it. So I'm not going to do that. But these are a few of my favorite things. Basically, Sam, my handy dandy, everything and all, is going to ask a few of my favorite things that I have written down. But I don't, when I wrote them, I didn't even pay attention. And she's mixing up the cards, so I have no idea what she's going to ask me. So... Go ahead, Sam. These are a few of my favorite things. Okay. Your favorite band. Favorite band. That's uh, Fleetwood Mac. 150%. And then, like, Spice Girls. But Fleetwood Mac is, like, I, I could listen to them 24-7. I love Fleetwood Mac. Favorite TV show. Oh, my God. Okay. So my favorite current TV show is, you know, I don't watch a lot of uh, scripted <laughs> television anymore these days um what was the last I can't okay my favorite tv show of all time is the golden girls like that's like my favorite I could watch it 24 7 and the west wing I could watch that all the time but um favorite current tv show I swear to god I watch nothing but like 90 day fiance and (laughs) real housewives because it's an escape from the news world so I don't even 
Oh, wait, no. Law and Order SVU. Hello. Like, obviously, that's that's actually one of the only scripted shows I watch. So Law and Order SVU. Team Olivia Benson forever. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Favorite Real Housewives city. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Favorite Real Housewives city. Ah, uh, gosh. Um, I mean, God, okay. Probably New York City, only because they know how to do it. Um, it used to be Beverly Hills, but Beverly Hills is just, I hope that they shake things up drastically this year. Um, and I can't stand a couple of the members. But New York City, they just, like, know how to bring it. But I, you know, yeah, New York City probably. But New Jersey's pretty good right now. But there's some fake storylines happening, and I'm not about that. So New York City, overall New York City. Favorite current female senator? Um. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you guys obviously know, like, Feinstein is my girl because she's my senator and I feel very protective of her. Um, I love her easily. You know, Senator Murray has a very, very special place in my heart. And um, yeah, those are my two like current, you know. Yeah. Senator Feinstein, though, is, is easily. So was that five? Uh, I think it was four. Okay. So one more. Okay. <laughs> All right. Favorite season. Oh, favorite season of like, oh, summer. I'm a summer girl. My birthday's July 31st, everyone, in case one know. Um, I love I love summer. I'm a I'm a Leo, so I'm like a lioness. I could just lay in the sun all day. So I love, love, love summer. I couldn't live in a place like when I lived in Seattle, it was like torture. This is just like I had to take vitamin D and I was like, what is this? Like I don't know. Just depressing. So I love summer. I love winter for like two seconds and then I'm like, okay, I'm over it. But yeah, summer. That was fun. My favorite things. So I um, was thinking very hard on what I wanted my daily descent to be. And I realized what I want my daily descent to be is that can we just make a pack and a vow that we're done talking about Donald J. Trump? I mean, unless it's like he's getting indicted. And even then, like unless it's he's being found guilty of something, which hopefully that, that his, you know, his mob ties and all that jazz with his financial records that New York finally officially has. And now they're going into Chicago, but I don't want to talk about him anymore. I try very, very hard on the show to not talk about him because we talked about him nonstop from 2015 really on. And like, haven't we had enough America? Haven't we had enough of hearing about his antics or he's not even on social media and we still hear about him every single day. I mean, I find it to be funny that he sent a cease and assist letter or whatever to the GOP. Like, I think that that's hilarious. But other than that, I don't care what Senator Graham says about him. I don't care that Senator Graham says he's still his friend, even though he took them down a dark path. I don't care about any. I really don't. And I feel like as long as we're in that Trump sort of era, we're giving him more power than he deserves. And we're not paying attention to the things that we as Democrats must do. And that is just the truth. He sucks the life force out of us. And the media loves it, and they're missing him desperately, which is why they're they're spending so much time talking about Major Biden possibly biting someone, because that's the most exciting thing that happens in that White House. And the fact that President Biden takes naps every day. Like, I take a nap every day. Who cares if Joe Biden takes a nap every day? I could care less. So I just think, can we just just make a pact with one another like we're done like we don't need to talk about him anymore if he's found guilty I will do a whole segment and a hallelujah moment absolutely but I sort of look at Hillary Clinton and what I love about Hillary Clinton is when she's talking about Donald Trump she doesn't say his name 
She doesn't give him that satisfaction. When he used to be on social media and he would say something about her, which he thinks about her 24-7, she doesn't give him the satisfaction of responding with his name. Or She uses emojis. She does like a check mark. Or she does like a laughing emoji. Girls, like, I want to be like that in every way. I'm tired of talking about him. I'm tired of thinking about him. I'm tired of it all. And I think that in order for the country to move forward, we have to say enough, especially Democrats, because that party is a mess right now. And they're a mess solely because of Donald J. Trump. Let them be a mess. Let them be trifling. Let us be together and united and not worrying about that. We got our own problems over here. So that is what I say to everyone. My daily descent. It's a quick daily descent today. Stop talking about Donald Trump. He's done. The more you talk about him, the more power you give him. Don't do that, please. Please don't do that. All right, guys. Until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, on TikTok. And if you want to listen, you can always listen on Spotify, iTunes. And if you want to watch, of course, you can watch on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to all three. Please, thank you. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.